gamblers, thieves, monks and courtesans, just some of the very colourful characters in the celebrated play The Clay Cart hitting the Tapak stage this month. Prayas Theatre, Aotearoa's largest South Asian theatre company, is bringing an adaptation of the 5th century masterpiece to stage along with a cast of 15. It's one of India's most enduring works and particularly notable for being focused on a fictional scenario rather than being based on a classic tale or legend. Earlier I spoke to Auckland-based playwright Shakina Jacob who has trained at the Royal Court Theatre and has taken on the task of adapting this show about how she's making this play relevant for today's audiences. But first Shakina sums up the central story of the play. So the play, The Clay Cart, is essentially a love story and it's a love story between a dashing young man called Charudatta and his um, the love of his life, who is a courtesan. So things are not as simple as they may seem. He's a married man. Uh, and he also has uh, problems, financial troubles. Uh, in modern times, it would be the equivalent of someone who's lost their job and can't pay their mortgage, but also loves a very desirable woman. So that's the space that he's in. And the, and the whole play is about a will-they-won't-they, edge-of-their-seat story. How do you make a play from the 5th century relevant for today's audiences? That's an excellent question, and that's a question that I asked myself when I was first given the script. Uh, And I took some time to consider whether I would be willing to adapt the play. And I began to think about what was the commonalities between... Fifth century. So we just to be in, uh, put it in context, we're talking two and a half thousand years ago, as opposed to say Shakespeare, who was four hundred years ago, right? Uh, but what stood out to me was the universality of the characters. They were so relatable, uh, and they were, and and the conundrums that they faced were exactly what we face today. And then I thought, okay, maybe there's something in this that can be. Um, drawn out further. And so what I did was I looked at a modern day story that was a parallel to this one and I wove that into my adaptation. So the there's two protagonists in the play in a way uh, and that's at the heart of this play and the story weaves in and out of both worlds because one of the one of the challenges that I faced was I really wanted to do justice to the play but I to do that I needed a way to make the audiences aware of the context of the play without being didactic about it and or without giving them a leaflet you know before they came into the <laughs> hall and said well this and this and this you better know yeah. this before <laughs> yeah. you can be cultured enough to enjoy the play. So what I did was I placed that conflict at the heart of my adaptation and I have the cast, there's a mutiny in the cast uh, and they don't agree on whether the play is relevant or not. And so they give the director in the play within the play a really hard time about it. (laughs) Uh, And so they really grapple with these questions of whether it's relevant or not. Um, And so I was able to uh, contextualize the play and there were lots of challenges with the language as well uh, because back in the day, the the higher caste spoke in rhymed verse and the lower caste spoke in a more sort of plebeian sort of prose. Ah. Yeah, so I had to find a way to translate that. But, you know, like orally, if everyone speaks in rhyme, off and on, it's really hard to yeah, understand. Yeah. Um, so I had to find a way to make that more accessible. Have you kept that in, in your adaptation? So I've kept hints of that, but not all of that. Um 
Another thing that really worked was the humor lands really well. Uh, and I was surprised when we had the first table read, we had the, you know, the, the cast was in splits. And I was amazed by how relevant it was. And I think that's because the humor stems from characterization. It's not slapstick. Uh, and so because it's about the foibles of things that we can relate to today, uh, I think the humor lands well. So that comes through the lines as well. So that was really helpful because it makes the script come alive. Was there any part of you that felt intimidated by the idea of adapting a fifth century piece? Yeah, definitely, because I think foremost in my mind was that I wanted to do justice to the original work. I didn't want to um, supersede it in a way that people couldn't appreciate the beauty of that. And I wanted people to be able to take a step back and see how sophisticated the whole um, setup really was Mm -hmm. in terms of the script. Uh, But I also had in mind that I, you know, the question that I always ask is, why should I be here? Why should I be watching this play? And so it was daunting. But then when I sat with the characters, I really fell in love with them. And I identified with so many of the issues that they faced. And uh, so that gave me a starting point to weave the two worlds together. You talk about the breadth of characters and you mentioned earlier Shakespeare. And when I was reading about the play, uh, the first thing that came into my mind was, this is kind of like a Shakespeare. You've got the love, the tragedy, the comedy, uh, a big cast, you know, that's very Shakespearean. But this is... 11 centuries before Shakespeare. Yes, yes. So it's exactly, it's a play which has all the feels. It's got um, comedy, it's got tragedy, and it's got political intrigue. So it's set in 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 the backdrop of a political upheaval uh, where, the, where there's a young herdsman from a lower caste who's trying to um, usurp the king, uh, the evil king Palaka. So there's all of that going on as well. So yeah, definitely it has, it, it runs the whole breadth though, yeah. of plot prospects as well as characterization. Uh, the characters are extremely colorful, not just the central characters. Um, there's a shampooer who, uh, if you don't know what that is, you'll have to come and watch the play. <laughs> uh, he becomes a gambler and then he becomes a monk. So how does that happen? Uh, but all within the plausibility of the world of the play. This was also translated in 1905 for Harvard University. Yes. What would you say the biggest changes you've made in your adaptation now? In my adaptation, I firstly reduced the length of the play from three and a half hours to a watchable one and a half hours, because <laughs> uh, we owe that to audiences uh, today. Uh, I also tweaked the the number of characters. I brought them down to half from 30 characters to about 15 characters. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and I also did away with some of the humor really didn't land. Mm. So I did away with all of that and made sure that it was, uh, the plot was really um, tight in uh, sort of uh, dramaturgically uh, cohesive and it sort of moved from one scene to the other without um, too many pauses. You said the humor didn't land. How do you mean by that? So some of the humor didn't land because they are puns uh, in Sanskrit in which the play was originally written, uh, which... uh, Absolutely none of us can understand. It'd be very weird if we had somebody in the audience who could really understand the Sanskrit uh, and the double entendres that were there in the words. Um, So I took some of those out uh, so that the play wouldn't have those uh, sort of um, dead moments within it and the audience could just stay with the plot and enjoy the characters. 
uh, but a lot of the humor is so related to character and so much of it we can relate to today so universal that all of that lands so i mean there was there's so many laugh out loud moments uh, that i still enjoy when i go in for rehearsals this play is set in central india there's 10 scenes it's also one of the most celebrated plays in the west what was it about this play that attracted you so the thing about this play that attracted me the most was that the protagonist is a bit hard to comprehend in the sense that he is morally upright, which is not a very fashionable term in today's terms. And he sort of redefines the idea of a hero because he doesn't use his fists. Um, He maintains a sense of integrity, which is most important to him. And that was something that I struggled with initially with the play because I thought, is that really, can that really work today? In a society that's so corrupt. Do you mean that in some ways it might be perceived as boring? I thought that the, I thought that the hero might be boring, exactly. And he didn't seem to have any agency, you know. <laughs> uh, and I thought, well, in dramaturgical terms, that's a bit of a disaster. Yeah. But then I put that question at the center of the play. Uh, and I made the characters and the cast in the present day world grapple with that exact same question. And... I began to think about the other heroes that we have that are not really labeled uh, in the same way, but who somehow shift the narrative. They shift the trajectory of history in some way, even if they don't really win in very um, easily identifiable Mm -hmm. ways. And so at the heart of the story, I found... uh, character from recent modern India who has at his who whose essence was the same as that of the protagonist Charudatta uh, in the sense that he only worked for the good of people um, but he was highly misunderstood and the political power uh, powers that be um, decided to plant evidence against him uh, and imprison him although he was in his 80s, and he uh, recently died in prison. Uh, His name was uh, Father Stan Swami. He was a priest who fought for the rights of tribal people, and he just had only the purest motives at heart, uh, in spite of which uh, he was wrongly convicted and imprisoned. And his story doesn't end as well as some of the stories of other heroes, but I just wanted to look at what is that heart of kindness, a sort of unsullied goodness? What does that do in a world that's as dark as ours, that's as broken as ours is today? And might that sort of be the answer to the vicious cycles that we see today? And I mean, sadly, it's become more relevant with the Gaza crisis. And we're looking at um, sort of how, how do we respond to that? How do we retain our humanity? Does kindness really have a place? Can we see human beings as equal to us, no matter which side of the political divide we are on? Uh, And to me, that's what, in the end, the thing that I struggled with most about the play became the heart of the play. When you're writing or adapting a show from as early as the 5th century, when you're writing it, how, how much of the... Uh, set and the costumes and the props and all those things that make it come alive at the end, how much of those things play on your mind at the time? Um, Quite a lot of it, but uh, I also as a playwright feel like it's not my place. 
I wanted to leave space for the directors uh, and the highly talented set designer and the lighting designer. We have a fabulous team behind us, and I hope I know that people who come to the play will um, enjoy watching their expertise displayed on stage. Um, so I left a lot of that. Um, undecided but I just stuck to the trajectory of the characters and also there's a lovely minimalism that was a form in India mm. quite a long time ago um, that's uh, so lends itself so well to moving between different scene structures uh, and that's what we've tried to do with the play is place the story center more foremost uh, and when you're in that world you sort of it doesn't really matter for doors or door you know, and so some of that play with form is, I think, something that the audiences would really appreciate and enjoy. This particular show is an adaptation, so you're working from an original script or an existing piece of material. What yes. are the themes of your other work? What do you like to talk about in your other plays? I'm most interested in character, and I'm most interested in the choices that people make when they're backed into a corner. And those are the plays that I enjoy watching, and I think those are the plays that I most enjoy writing. So I don't really look at myself as stuck in one genre. I'm more interested in the human condition. Why are we here? What are we going to do now that we're here, right? Uh, where are we going? So those are the existential questions that I like to grapple with in my plays. And I feel like it's a character that attracts me more than anything else. And if the character drives the story, uh, then it works for me. You trained at the Royal Court Theatre in yes. London. What was that like? That was truly amazing because the kind of training that you get there is rigorous. It's the exposure to other plays in the city and the ability that they give us to explore form uh, was just the experience of a lifetime. And I've learned so much watching my own scripts grow under the feedback from mentors at the Royal Court. And I'm really grateful to them for the opportunities that they provide in this way to uh, playwrights to practice their craft. And all of the building blocks that I have today in terms of the craft, I would attribute to the Royal Court and all of the um, excellent teaching and feedback on scripts, which is so important to grow as an artist. How long were you there for? So I was... In London for uh, about two years, I did my master's at Goldsmiths in uh, playwriting. Uh, but apart from that, also when I was in India, they had a tie-up. Uh, the Royal Court, uh, the British Council in India brought the Royal Court over to mentor people. So I attended two of their workshops. Uh, so it was a it was an ongoing sort of um, mentoring that spanned over a decade in that way, in short pockets of time. Uh, so... Yeah, so the influence is not just in the uh, in, in a short time span, but over decades, and I've sort of grown with them uh, in learning the craft. And did you spend a lot of time going to watch shows at the West End in London? Yeah, at the West End, at the Royal Court, at the National Theatre. Uh, one of my favourite uh, plays, the most inspiring for me as a playwright, was David Hare's sort of adaptation of Behind the Beautiful Forevers, which was a play set in a slum in Mumbai. Uh, and he brought the whole thing alive on the National Theatre stage. And just the possibilities uh, of watching stories being told that might be difficult to tell because of setting. Uh, but one of the big takeaways that I got from the large-scale plays that I saw, the ensemble plays, were that if you stick to story, if you're true to the heart of the play and the character, you can pull off a lot of stuff. You don't have to worry about um, 
so much of the extras that you know film needs theater doesn't need it right just stick with the magic of storytelling and it'll work audiences won't be able to take their eyes off uh, what's happening on stage what were some of the biggest things you took away from your time at the royal court theater the biggest things that i took away was that it's important to have the courage to say what we truly believe as playwrights we're in a unique place where we can articulate the wants and the desires of the common man and also to be able to reflect that back to them because theater is for the people right so the idea that theater can be a space where we come together communally it reminds us of our humanity and uh, we can look at these questions together the other thing that i learned was to be willing to sit with the hard questions and to not let that discomfort move us away from examining those questions it's not too much you know not to worry too much about being politically correct but to just sit in that space with the hard questions so that was i think the most valuable thing that i took away to ask the questions well and not really it's not really about proposing solutions within a play but um to allow allowing people to enter that world and to sit with these questions asking them well enough that they then become catalysts of change that was Auckland based playwright Shikina Jacob here on Culture 101 on RNZ National. And the Clay Cart opens on November 29th at Tapak Performing Arts Centre in Tamaki Makoto. Tickets are still available and we have all those details on our website.